All right, everybody, welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Devils. Teams go head-to-head on Friday. The Avalanche continue their East Coast swing. What are we going to get? I think we're going to get a good matchup. Devils obviously much improved, and uh, Colorado Avalanche seem to be hitting their stride as well. So a lot to get to. It's myself, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, and Trey Matthews with a nice crossover. Let's get to it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to this special crossover edition, Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Devils. Uh, first time in the history of these two shows that we have done a crossover. So uh, to the Devils fans, I am Chris Maselli. My co-host is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. And uh, to the Devil, to the Avalanche fans, we have Mr. Trey Matthews, host of Locked On Devils, joining us. Trey, I don't know if you know this, but Mr. Kyle Sullivan, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, his other team, his East Coast team, if you want to call it, is the New Jersey Devils. I love so. you already. I love you <laughs> So he's like I got my... co-hosting two shows right now, basically. Great. So yeah, you what... back up on a lot of my uh, on on a lot of my claims. Yeah. Oh what, yeah. What do you, who do you have? You have well, you have a Mackenzie Blackwood jersey, right, Kyle? Uh, I have a so... Blackwood. I, I have a PK Subban, <laughs> and I yeah. have a Jack Hughes. Okay. I need to get myself a Jack Hughes one. I got a Mickey Mouse uh, jersey in my background. Um, oh. I got that from got that from Disney World. Nice. Uh, got my Nico Keisher one. Um, I don't know if you can see it, but down there, I got a Michigan State uh, signed jersey by Cassius Winston. He went to the NBA, and he and I went to the same school with him, so I signed it. And then uh, I got some other memorabilia right there. So I went to Final Four in New Orleans and got some stuff signed by Dominique Wilkins, Mike Bibby, oh, oh. Uh, Clark Kellogg, Penny Hardaway. <laughs> Oh, and God, man. I'm a big NASCAR fan, too. So uh, I got to go behind the scenes of NASCAR thanks to my friend. And I got to meet all the Penske drivers and um, had a few other autograph sessions as well. So Good I'm actually Lord. going to the championship race in a, in a couple weeks. So uh, I hope to get more autographs. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yes. Love it. So go chase. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, it's I not too hot right now. No, it's, it's OK. Chase, over it's there? Not too hot right now. OK, good. No. Um. Well, I mean, we could take our pick on sports that, that you seem to like, but we're going to focus in, obviously, on our teams and the, the NHL. Uh, but first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Uh, you can follow our show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram, and follow our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel, Lockdown Avalanche. Subscribe to that. Uh, Trey, why don't you throw out your socials before we get started here? Okay, you can follow the show's account at Locked On Devils, and you can follow my personal account at Trey Matt Four. So that's T R E Y M A T T and the number four. Awesome. All right, <clears throat> Avalanche and Devils Friday night. Um, last year, Kyle and I were in attendance for this game. This was uh, it was odd because last year was a back to back for the Avalanche. Islanders were the first game. Devils were the second game. This year, it's flip-flop. The Devils are the first game. Islanders are the uh, back-to-back in the second game on Saturday. Um, and if, if we remember correctly, Kyle, like Avalanche got out to a pretty good start in that game, and then it just completely fell apart. 
Yeah. Um, and the Devils, I don't remember what the score was, like four to two or five to two or it something. Was, like it was five to three, and the Devils scored uh, five straight goals to beat the Avalanche. And that was probably one of our most exciting games <laughs> last year because obviously you guys ended up becoming the Stanley Cup champions. And mm. this was in March. Our season was pretty much over. We needed some sort of excitement. And I was kind of riding off the New Jersey Devils already. And I'll be honest with you guys, I had to work a volleyball game, so I had to, like, listen to it on the radio. And I was just like, oh, this game is going to be a long night for me. But then I'm just like, wait, they just scored five straight goals? Yeah. Or, and I was just like, I couldn't believe it, quite honestly, especially against a team of your guys' caliber. That that was one of our best moments last year. It was uh, – they couldn't stop the bleeding. Like, yeah. once it once the goals started coming for the Devils, it was just one after another after another. And Yeah, so um, – to add insult to injury, you guys sure. you guys got off to a three nothing lead, and then the Devils, uh, I, yeah, wow. exactly. You got off to a three nothing lead. You scored two goals in period number one, yeah. then one more goal in period number two, and then it was all New Jersey Devils from there on out, led by uh, Tomas Tatar, then Ty Smith, Damon Severson, Nathan Bastian, and Yegor Sharangovich. Okay, yep. okay. So I remember right. that Sharangovich goal. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it just it, once once the devils like started rolling, it, it just yeah, I don't know why. I just I just couldn't do anything about it. It was nothing to back to back. I mean, you're playing Long Island, then you're playing in Jersey. Uh, you know, you, you could walk to those arenas, <laughs> so it's not like they were crossing the country or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. I, devils just got the best of them that day. So, um, what do we expect this time around, Trey? Well, I mean, I, I guess we should start with just the Devils in general. So because you know Avalanche. Our East Coast team, Devils are, are or excuse me, our West Coast team, Devils are an East Coast team. Uh, maybe a lot of the Avalanche faithful uh, don't really follow them as much. So what are we getting out of the Devils this year? How have they looked so far? A much improved roster, but some questionable coaching decisions. So hmm. I think when we look at someone like Lindy Ruff, a lot of people were just pushing for him to be fired just two games into the year because we went 0-2. We lost in embarrassing fashion. We lost 5-2 to to the Philadelphia Flyers and 5-2 to against the Detroit Red Wings. And I was one of the uh, minorities who was just saying, like, hey, 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 let's slow down right here. Like, it, it's early on in the season. I get that a lot of people aren't the biggest fans of Lindy Ruff, but you got to give it a chance kind of thing. And the New Jersey Devils have won four of their last five games. And their last game against the Detroit Red Wings, they won in big fashion. So mm -hmm. the Red Wings scored first, but it was all New Jersey Devils after that. And the one thing I want I, I got to ask you guys before I go into a deeper analysis, are you guys familiar with Jesper Bratt? And, and be honest with me, are you familiar with his overall game and what he can yes. bring to the table? Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because one of the things I said in the previous episode that I recorded was that I think teams around the league still view Jesper Bratt more as an X factor than a star player. Mm -hmm. Because when you think of star players – I think people are going to go with Jack Hughes or maybe even Nico Heischer mm -hmm. just because they were first overall picks. They tend to get more attention than Jesper Bratt, despite Jesper Bratt having a really good year last year. I said this year is going to be Jesper Bratt's breakout season just because I think he can definitely uh, put his name into the all-star uh, race and uh, be a part of the all-star team. He was snubbed last year. I think he has a good chance of making it this year and uh, I, I don't I don't know what the stats are right now, but uh, in yesterday's episode, I said that he was in a four way tie for the most points in the NHL and he was actually leading the NHL in assists. So the inside joke that uh, Devil's Twitter does, and this is courtesy of of a fan account called the Brat Pack. We say that Jesper Bratt 
is the best player in the NHL. And right now we can safely say that without uh, any repercussion because technically he is, if he's in a four-way tie for most points in the league and also uh, tops in, in assists, but uh, digressing a little bit. So Jesper Brad is certainly someone that I want people to pay close attention to. Jack Hughes, he's been creating more chances for himself. It hasn't really resulted in that many points, but he's going to get there. Nico Heischer has been solid as well. Uh, Dougie Hamilton seems to be back on track because he missed a good chunk of the season last year due to a facial fracture. And the overall question mark is goaltending because mm. we got Mackenzie Blackwood, we got uh, Vitek Vanacek, and then we got Jonathan Bernier. But the thing is, Jonathan Bernier is not set to return to in-game action until uh, around Thanksgiving time. So we're a few weeks away from that sort of time frame. But according to Amanda Stein, who's a team reporter for New Jersey Devils, she says that Andre Palat was not on the ice for practice for the New Jersey Devils. So I don't anticipate for him to play. He didn't play in the last game against the Detroit Red Wings. So he is still listed day-to-day. Mackenzie Blackwood, upper body, did not practice today either. But he's hmm. still uh, listed day to day. And Amanda Stein did later tweet out saying that there is a possibility he could play. But if I had to uh, make a guess, I'd say Vitek Vancheck is going to get the start for New Jersey Devils. Just better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Bernier was practicing with the New Jersey Devils. An emergency backup goalie uh, and friend of my show, Kyle Shapiro, was also at present at the practice to help out. And, and Ben hmm. Burnell, who covers the Utica Comets, our AHL team, he said that. Akira Schmidt and also Nico Dawes were still present in Utica along with their goalie coach. So I don't think the New Jersey Devils anticipate on bringing one of those guys up. So Mackenzie Blackwood, I don't know what the story is going to be like. Hopefully he is able to play tomorrow. But then again, if we're playing against the reigning uh, Stanley Cup champions, probably better to be safe and sorry and just give VTech Vanacek a, a chance in that. And and to put this in an equatable uh, logic for Avalanche fans, if you're wanting to understand Jesper Bratt, it's the equivalent of Arturi Lekkinen and his spark plug that he brings to the team with the Chushkin-type numbers. And, like, they're literally tied right now. So going into this matchup, I know we like to overthink and, like, kind of overlook the Devils as that team you know. But, uh, Trey, like, we were doing our before-the-season predictions, and I predicted, like, the Devils to make a run at the playoffs. And with this roster construction, especially with with Heischer finally returning to the lineup, and you finally have – you have Brett – really turning it on this year and starting hot out of the gate like it's not inconceivable for that to be a possibility with he returning to the lineup um after after wood called out the team with that that kind of embarrassing start i understand what you're talking about with lindy ruff wanting to be fired especially with burnett sitting on the bench basically that coach in waiting is whatever the fan base is kind of sitting there treating him like pretty much is he sure and his leadership, is that going to be enough to get this team into the playoffs and be something that you can respect? Because he is wearing the captain's C. Um, you don't hear a lot about his captaincy around the league. Um, coming from your vantage point, what do you think about Heischer and his return? Is it is is he the leader this team needs to make that playoff push? Good question. The answer is no. And I respectfully mean that. That's why you bring someone like Andre Palat onto the roster. As you guys know, because you you played against him and his team in the Stanley Cup Finals, and mm-hmm. I just want to say congratulations for winning the Stanley Cup uh, championship. Thank but I, I I just have to say this: thank you for preventing from the Tampa Bay Lightning from three peating. I, I just <laughs> have 
<laughs> I just gotta say that. And and I think that kind of drove Andre Pilat more to test out the waters and free agency. And then ultimately after we struck out with Johnny Goodrow, he came crawling to us essentially. But that is neither here or there. But Andre Pilat, despite him not being on the same level in terms of overall production, similar to uh, Johnny Goodrow, he was still a very good pickup. That was always the plan B for New Jersey Devils. And the thing about Andre Pilat is that he's actually won something. He's won two Stanley Cup championships. He's um, uh, He's been in the league for a good while. Mm. So that is the glue piece that the New Jersey Devils need. Like the one thing I always questioned during the course of the offseason, I said, who's the leader for New Jersey Devils? No disrespect to Nico Heischer. No disrespect to Jesper Bratt. No disrespect to Jack Hughes. But they're so young. They, they're so inexperienced. They're still trying to find their overall games. So mm-hmm. it's just like – you got to bring someone up to pull them by the bootstrings. And here's a great example. When the New Jersey Devils were uh, started the season 0-2 and they were in desperate need of a win, Andre Pilat had a big game because he heard the rumors that his coach was on the hot seat. He heard the rumors that the New Jersey Devils aren't legitimate. And instead of just, you know, sitting back on it, he decided to take action. And in back-to-back games, he had a very respectable outing. That's what we've been looking for ever since Taylor Hall left. So having someone like Andre Pilat onto the roster pays huge dividends for New Jersey Devils. Yes, Nico Heischer might be the captain, but Andre Pilat is the true leader that the New Jersey Devils need. We needed a lot of veteran leadership. So we bring in Andre Pilat. We bring in Eric Halla. We bring in a few mm-hmm. other pieces to just um, make us uh, stop from being the youngest team in the NHL. We're still one of the youngest teams in the NHL, but mm-hmm. we moved up a couple spots. So my overall mentality for Andre Pilat is that he is the true leader of the team. You need that stuff. You need you need those guys that have uh, been through uh, where New Jersey wants to get, which is you know playoffs and eventually Stanley Cup, hopefully. So uh, you mentioned uh, Lindy Ruff, so I want to get to him uh, in a second. So we're going to hear from Bet Online. And then kind of talk about that and then uh, this game specifically, what to expect from uh, the Devils and the Avalanche. But first, no, let's do that one. That one looks better. All right. BetOnline.net, your number one source for betting football and the start of a new basketball season, as well as the Major League Baseball World Series. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for every sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including, like I said, Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. Boom. Good job, Kyle. Good job. All right. Um, Lindy Ruff, you know, you, you mentioned it after the first two games and they lose, you hear the chance, which kind of just drove me a little bit wild. I mean, that, that I think any coach, even if it's a rookie coach, I don't think deserves that. Uh, and then, you know, you have Lindy Ruff, who's, you know, kind of an established coach. He hears it and he took the high road. He said, you know, fans can do what they want to do. We didn't, we haven't started, play, we haven't started uh, off on the right foot. I get all that. You know, he's seasoned. He's not going to say anything to really rile up the fans even more than they already were. So my question is, what do the uh, Devils have to do to kind of to kind of quiet that down over the course of a season? Because if they miss the playoffs, those calls are going to continue from the fan base. I'm not saying that's what the Devils are going to do, 
but is it make the playoffs and then fans will be satisfied? Or is it anything short of that? He's going to hear that for the duration of the year. Um, it really depends on the circumstance. So if the New Jersey Devils, I saw this on a on a final projection or whatever the case might be, someone said that the New Jersey Devils will get over 90 points, but they're still going to miss the playoffs. And okay. that's a little bit controversial given uh, the state of the Metropolitan Division because you've got three of the oldest teams in the NHL in that division. So um, it it's definitely it was definitely a controversial uh, final standings, but it did raise the overall question, which is if the New Jersey Devils were able to get 90 or plus points and miss the playoffs, would you be satisfied? Mm -hmm. My overall thing is I want the New Jersey Devils to be competitive. My ceiling for them is wild card and then first round exit. That is my ceiling for them. So if they miss the playoffs by like (laughs) a game or two, or if, if, if they were just, you know, out of luck, then I can't really be, be mad about that. I just don't want them to be, a gutter team once again. I don't want them to be in the lottery. I don't want them to be tanking for Connor Bedard right. come the end of the season. Gotcha. So my, my that's my overall mentality. And this is Lindy Ruff's final year of his contract, and I don't anticipate for the New Jersey Devils to extend him because he. I think he's a short-term solution. I don't believe he's a long-term solution. So I think uh, the thing is to let Lindy Ruff ride this out. If it's a successful season, then they're not going to renew his contract, and then. Andrew Burnett will become the new head coach for the New Jersey Devils. I think that's the mm. overall game plan for Tom Fitzgerald because Andrew Burnett, <laughs> look what he was able to do for the Florida Panthers in the midst yeah. of a scandal and where Joel Quinville had to resign. And basically he still led them to a president's trophy. He still led them to a legitimate playoff run. Right. You can't, you can't deny the overall success of Andrew Burnett. Yeah. It does seem like he is just waiting in the wings at this point. Would, would be my guess. So, uh, yeah, and you look at the Metro, you know, you have the standings sit right now, obviously early, but Carolina kind of where a lot of people anticipated them being right now at number one. Uh, and then you got the Penguins and then you have the Flyers at number three right now. I don't think anybody anticipates that lasting for the duration of the season. No, and they're going to going to Yeah. And then you have the Capitals who are one of the oldest teams in the league, but you always have Ovechkin. They're one of those fringe teams. And right now the Devils are right after them, Rangers, Islanders, and Blue Jackets. Um, Islanders seem to be off to a rough start again. Blue Jackets, nobody's expecting much of them. So you're, you're thinking wild, guys. Like you, I mean, are you like most people thinking like it's the Hurricanes, probably the Penguins, and probably the Rangers as the top three? Or can they crack that? Or could it not be a wild card? See, that was so difficult to make. And it's just like, okay – I'd say the Carolina Hurricanes are the only team pretty much guaranteed to make the playoffs out of the sure. Metro because they're a, they're going to make a deep playoff run in my eyes. So Carolina Hurricanes, then I said the New York Rangers mm-hmm. because if Shashurskin is able to repeat what he was able to do during the course of last year, or at least just a little bit, I think they'll be fine. And then I was like Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals, New Jersey Devils. It's just like Devils are still so young. And yet the Penguins and uh, Capitals, it's just like, yes, they're older, but, you know, they got that big three out in Pittsburgh in uh, Latang, Malkin, and, and Crosby, which, by the way, that cannot last for too, for much too longer. That, yeah. that has to end sooner rather than later. I respect the fact that they're trying to keep the band together. You already won your three Stanley Cups. Time to move on, in my eyes at least. But that's yep. why I'm not a gentleman. And uh, the Capitals is just like, yeah, they're a fringe playoff team, but – 
But one thing I always say in sports, never underestimate one of the greatest to ever do that. You still got Ovechkin on the roster, and I'm sure he's going to find a way to get his team to the playoffs, even if he has to will them. So I think real the realistic thing for the Devils at this point is just wild card, unless I see something else otherwise. But they do have a lot of promise. So the Metro, the one thing I could just rely on is like the Islanders and the Capitals and Penguins, some of the more older teams in the NHL. So my my hope is that come midseason, they start to just hit a wall. I don't anticipate for the Columbus Blue Jackets, despite them getting Johnny Goodrow to go really far. They're one of the youngest teams in the NHL. So they're going to hit a wall come January for sure. And then uh, for the Flyers, they're just a trend. They're going to they're going to go down. <laughs> I give it uh, I give it another two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks max. And then it's uh, yeah. Crash and burn time. I, now, I, I don't I, I, I don't want to uh, just be the the center of attention for my team. I got to be you guys. So, Shoot. so the Colorado Avalanche in your last game against the New York Rangers, you came out with a win in a shootout three to two, but you've lost some games. That I'm pretty sure you would like to have back if 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 I'm correct. So, mm. what can we anticipate from the reigning Stanley Cup champs? Uh, for me, I, I, I really like how they've come out the last two games, uh, against the, um, who, uh, Van, uh, not Vancouver, Vegas, uh, the yep. Vegas game that, that was, just, they lost at home to Seattle. And then the very next day played in Vegas and people were kind of like, you know, when is this team going to kind of hit their stride and who knows if they've done it yet, but the way that they came out against Vegas and then the way that they came out against the Rangers is exactly what you want to see that. They, they, they didn't – it wasn't like, you know, they needed like uh, 10 minutes of the first period to get their legs and get going. It was right off the puck drop. They were flying. So I would really, really like to see that again. You always want to see that, especially on the road, because you don't want that home team to get the, that first goal or get a little bit of a lead. And I say that knowing full well that you've reminded us that, you know, the three goals last year meant nothing in the New Jersey Devils game. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I it, you know, these two teams aren't there's no like animosity between these two teams. But if you're the avalanche, I would like for them to remember that because that was yeah. that was just a a disaster. Like the dam just opened and, and it was over. So uh, maybe there's a little bit of uh, wanting to avenge last year's loss to the Devils in New Jersey. Um, but I do. I, I think I think they they have come out just really just on fire the past two games and i would just like to see that continue i don't know what you think kyle yeah because i just yeah. see like i i'm oh, sorry uh sorry shack uh just real quick i because i see some of the final results of your games i see that you lost four to three against the winnipeg jets I'm sure that's mm-hmm. a game you'd like to have back sure you mentioned the seattle kraken game love the seattle kraken they're my second favorite team in the nhl mm. my their uh play-by-play announcer for the radio feed is my mentor but that's a team you should not be losing to lost three to two and then against the New York Rangers. Yeah. You came out with the win, but it was in a shootout. I'm sure yep. you would have liked to have won it in regulation. Yeah. You got the two points, but at the same time you let the Rangers walk away with the points. So my overall, uh, that's where my overall mindset is with the Colorado avalanche for right now. Yeah. And that's, and I'm, I'm glad you brought all that up. And like to echo Chris's point a little bit, like if I was, if I'm the devil's fans looking forward to this matchup, if you're going to get a win against Colorado, it would be this game on Friday because this team is still figuring out how to get everything together. They, they lost Nas in the off season. They lost Burakovsky. They're still trying to get this team. Also Darcy. Getting Kemper. It sh- 
Yes, they and did. Look how he, yeah. And look how he's doing in uh, Washington. That's addition <laughs> by subtraction with uh, acquiring Yorgiev. Um, but the Avalanche are still trying to figure things out. This is not the same team that won the Stanley Cup, but they're st- they still have the DNA that can do it again. And they're still trying to figure out how to put that together. Like those games that they dropped, when they go back around and play that team again, it's not going to happen again. So if the Devils are going to want to get that that statement win to keep Lindy Ruff to justify everything they're doing, it's going to be this game because when you face the Avalanche again, this is not going to be the same team. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing is like you know, I know you guys aren't the same team, but at the same time, I have this mentality which is you cannot sleep on any opponent, especially if you're the reigning champions, because at the time's recording, you guys are still the better team. And I have all the respect towards you. And I, hmm. I think you did dodge a bullet with Darcy Kemper. So I guess the rumors were true. True, Like, <laughs> he just had a better unit in front of him. And it wasn't just all him kind of thing. Yeah. By recall, yeah. I think he was the one in between the pipes for that game in which the New Jersey Devils were able to muster up five straight goals. I, I believe he was the one in, in goal. God, uh, I don't remember. Because, like I said, it was a back-to-back game. So I don't know who they put in first. I, I, I can't remember. But... You know, and like Kyle was saying, like it, it is a different team. It, it's not the same. It's not the same team. But what is the same uh, is the muscle of this team in Cam mm-hmm. McCarr, in Nathan McKinnon, and uh, Miko Rantanen. You know, th- those guys remain in in uh, Nechuskin. Like those guys are still around. You don't have Gabe Landeskog, and I think that is showing uh, what he does all over the ice. Just he's not the flashy player that. You know, Nathan McKinnon is when he gets the puck, he's just like a bull in a china shop. Um, Gabe Landeskog, he, he he just does the grunt work. And that's why the Avalanche fans just absolutely love this guy. And when it's all said and done, I, I don't know if anybody can supplant Joe Sackick as the best captain in Avalanche history. But when it's all said and done, he, he might have 17, 18 years as the captain of this team. And that's going to go a long way. There might be some debate. It might come down to cups. If he has more than, uh, you know, if he's got three, maybe, hopefully, uh, there's going to be a discussion. Numbers, he's not going to be near Sackick at all. But just what he means to this team, you're seeing it right now uh, that he's not going to be there until about January. It hurts them. It really does hurt them. Now, I got to bring this up because my boy Alan Cosman would kill me if I didn't mention this player to you guys. Alan. (laughs) <laughs> oh you do know him yes oh you know yeah him. we know don't you have some sort of association with belly up sports um yes yeah, so i used to, to yeah. yeah okay yeah so alan would would if he's listening to this he would kill me if i didn't bring this up so alan got, is in his glory right now he's got avalanche yeah. and devils in one episode he's loving this yeah so ryan graves i just want to say the thing i say about ryan graves is and i'm sure you guys are well aware of this he led the league in plus minus he led the league in defensive shares and it was a shame how you guys had to like move on from him because obviously the Seattle Kraken had their expansion draft. You can only hold on to a few select players. So you would have had to expose Ryan Grace in the expansion draft. You didn't want to give him up for essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and you just basically had to say, we'll take what we could get. And we gave you Mikhail Maltsev and I think another draft pick for the services of Ryan Grace. But the one thing I say about Ryan Grace is that he's one of like the more underrated players not only on the new jersey devils roster but i think in the entire nhl as well because like i just said he led the league in plus minus like a few years ago he led in Mm. defensive shares 
I gave him the nickname, the silent but deadly ninja. In our last game against the Detroit Red Wings, he was one of the three stars. He had two assists. And on his assists, they were on crucial moments of the game in my eyes because on one of the assists, it tied the game one-to-one in the period number one. That took the momentum away from the Detroit Red Wings. And then uh, he assisted on Yegor Sharangovich's shorthanded goal, which in my eyes pretty much put the dagger through the hearts of the Red Wings uh, from amounting any sort of comeback. So I love Ryan Graves, and I just want to give you guys a chance to like express your appreciation towards Ryan Graves because chances are Alan is listening to this podcast. <laughs> I can guarantee you. Well, go it because uh, you you uh, spent some time with yeah. him, didn't you, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and uh, me and Alan got to hang out with Ryan Graves at that March game. Um, yeah. So we got to meet Ryan. He's a great guy, and if you honestly, if you look at where the Avalanche defense is going. It's it's only getting faster with Bo Byram hitting his stride and like you you see the Avalanche shedding guys like the Nikita Zadorovs, which was the D partner for Ryan Graves when he was here. Like mm-hmm. they're getting to be faster and faster and faster. And when the Avs moved on from Ryan Graves and he went to New Jersey, I I I told Chris like off air like he is going to flourish in New Jersey. The same thing that we're saying about Burakovsky going to Seattle because that style fits somewhere else. Colorado's starting to refine their style and make a blueprint. And Ryan Graves, as talented as he is, I don't think he was matching up with what Sackick and McFarland are building on that decor in Colorado. But in, I mean, match him up with Dougie in New Jersey. I mean, you guys are fine. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, uh, that first year he, he came, I mean, it was a, a, a 12th hour deal that Joe Sackick made with the Rangers to bring him in didn't move the needle at like nobody really paid attention to it and then his first year with them um yeah i think it was plus he was in the 40s plus 40 something i think in his first year with the abs um you got it in front of you trey or no i don't know i don't have it i don't have his stats in front of me but he he was he was yeah i think he was plus 40 something 47 I'm, or something i'm, I'm working on You're it bringing right it up now. all right so um and i think like and then he followed up and he, yeah. he had a what was it plus 40 40 40 okay um so and then he followed it up with you know he it wasn't his best year but you could see him battling he he was you know he he gives you his all and i what i liked about him for the abs was his size the abs didn't have that um i think eric johnson was out that year with an injury and and he was really their muscle um but and he admitted that you know this team is fast and he's like that's one that's one thing I'm I'm trying to work on all the time is my speed and how much faster can you really once you're at this level your I mean your skills could improve maybe incrementally but speed is one thing that's just not going to miraculously uh, become you you know so yeah not and I don't want to say he was expendable because I don't feel like I don't if if Seattle never came around I think they would have loved to have him back. Yeah. But um, what Seattle was going for and what the Devils can use him for, like Kyle said, Kyle said it perfectly, where the, the direction the Avalanche were going in didn't really fit the style of play for Ryan Graves. So um, I'm happy he's he's latched on with you guys and I'm happy he seems to be flourishing there. And, uh, you know, he's still got uh, he seems to be a popular player. And I, that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me because he, he has a good personality. And he's a darn good defenseman. So, yep, it's good. Yeah, last year he had his uh, career best in points and assists. Uh, his plus minus was in the negatives, but the New Jersey Devils just weren't really yeah. that good team last year. And uh, our goaltending was not good as well. So it was just like 
that's not really a good reflection on him as a as a player during that time. But you still see the potential. There are rumors saying that Ryan Graves could be dealt away just because we got Shimon the Mets in the pipeline. We got Luke Hughes in the pipeline. So someone's going to have to go. I say hold on to Ryan Graves just because I love his overall impact. I think you can extend him at a very cheap price. Sure. And like I said, um, or like you said, he brings size. And that's the one thing that the New Jersey Devils have been trying to do, at least on the defensive side of things, the last couple of years, which is bring in big size. That's why we brought in Dougie Hamilton, Shakir Mm -hmm. Mutamadoulin, another prospect in our pipeline. You know, we love what he brings in overall size as well. Uh, we haven't really talked about him that often, but hopefully he's doing all right. Um, <laughs> but we call ourselves, and uh, we Devils personalities came up with this name, Sasquatch Squad. Yeah, say that ten times fast. Jeez, I, that's what I said. I said there's got to be an easier. There's got. <laughs> look, it, I, I was outnumbered. I was just like, there, there's got to be an easier way to, to yeah. say uh, to describe our overall size and, <laughs> and our build because Sasquatch Squad is just like. You know, it's it's kind of it's a tongue twister. Doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Sasquatch no. squats, Sasquatch squats. <laughs> You're done. That's it. Three max. Uh, all right. So so what are we thinking about uh, this game? Let's get into maybe some predictions. Uh, I, I know last year doesn't play a part. We're, we're talking about it, and and that that stuff happens. So um, you know, this this is like I said in the beginning. This is not the second game of a back-to-back for the Avalanche this time around. It's uh, the first game. So Avalanche have a couple days rest. When's the last time the Devils played? The Devils played just a couple days ago. So they played on Monday and they played on Tuesday. So they're both on. They're both well-rested. Yeah. Um, So, okay, from that aspect, what what are we thinking, Trey? What, What do you got for a prediction here? It's so hard just because the New Jersey Devils, I don't know if they're going to put up six goals or I don't know if they're going to put up one goal. But the the thing is, and I usually hate looking at advanced analytics, but the advanced analytics show that the New Jersey Devils know how to create for themselves. They just don't know how to execute. And Hmm. teams like similar to the Washington Capitals, they will expose it. Doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter what the circumstance is. Veteran teams will expose it. And you guys are the reigning champs. So, I'm going to say that the I'm going to realistically say that the New Jersey Devils will come out on the losing end. I say Jesper Bratt's going to extend his point streak with an assist. But if I had to predict a score, judging based on how close your guys' games have been, I'm going to say four to two, three to two most of the way, and then the Colorado Avalanche will get an empty netter goal. So okay. I'm going to say four to two Avalanche. All right. Um, and, and the way the Avalanche are going right now, their their power play is unstoppable. And uh, their penalty kill is the complete opposite. So if there's a lot of penalties in this game, it could be a high-scoring affair because the Avalanche will score uh, if they're on the power play and the Devils will score if they're on the power play. So that is something that we'll have to watch. I don't know. uh, How are the Devils committing penalty-wise? Are they pretty... The thing is, like the, like I said, the numbers won't show it, but they're actually, they've actually gotten much better of it thanks to uh, Andrew Burnett because last year... They were led by Mark Recchi, and that didn't really go too well. So, okay. um, yeah, so the, the numbers might not reflect it. But like I said, the overall game plan and the overall strategy is there. So currently the New Jersey Devils rank 24th in the entire league for power play at 15%. And then for penalty kill, they're actually uh, in the top 10 in the sixth position at 90.5%. So, you know, it, their penalty kill is okay. good. So that'll but be fun to watch. Play, not, not really, not, not really all that effective. So even though your guys' penalty kill isn't all that good, 
The yeah. New Jersey Devils are going to have to take it upon their shoulders to try to capitalize on any golden opportunities that you guys give us. So that'll be fun no matter who's on the power play. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll have to watch that. But I want to see Georgiev and Ned again. I'm sure he will be, um, especially against these teams that, that can score. Um, I, I want to see that. And then, you know, we, there's actually five guys with 12 overall points. You have Pasternak, you have Brat, um, Panarin, Dreisaitl, and our Valerian Nachuskin. So um, if, if Jesper Brat gets uh, a point or two, I want to see if Nachuskin will want to match him. I don't think <laughs> Nachuskin is going to be there at the end of the year. I think, I think Jesper Brat will be there at the end of the year in terms of points. I think he can keep that up. Nachuskin, I, I, he'll be there, but I don't think he's going to be towards the top. I think he'll kind of settle down in after a little while, but I think he's taking advantage of, of Gabe Landeskog not being there right now. Yeah. So, um, also, uh, yeah, I know, you guys are a little, I know you guys are a little dinged up right now, but still. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as a, a score, um, I, I, I gotta tell you, man, like one of my favorite players, not on the avalanche is Jack Hughes. Genuinely love watching that guy play. Another thing, Jack Hughes is off to a quote-unquote slow start, and I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but he creates great A chances for himself. Yeah. He, he's tops in the league for creating high-danger shots, but they just don't find the back of the net. Right, and right. Yeah. Lindy Ruff said, like, Jack Hughes has to go to plan B, plan C, if plan A isn't working because Jack Hughes is now being scouted as a star uh, in this league. So even, even if uh, he's able to get past defenders, um, goalies, goalies are going to be like, okay – Jack Hughes tends to do this when he gets the, that close. So be prepared for this. Be prepared mm. for that. So that's why I think Jesper Bratt is off to a better start than Jack Hughes. I think as the season progresses, Je- uh, Jesper Bratt will get the same treatment as Jack Hughes. But for right now, I still think Jesper Bratt is heavily underrated. But I love Jack Hughes, too. Yeah, I anticipate for him to have the numbers that Jesper Bratt is having right now. He's still our franchise player. He's still our go-to guy. But at the end of the day, it's just like, He's got to start like uh, executing just a little bit and maybe just clean up the overall flashiness. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it d- definitely does. But the game he played against uh, the Adrian Flasher, he was great. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this is going to be a, a good game. I think the Devils are going to want to, like most teams, are going to want to, you know, show their, prove their worth against, you know, the defending Stanley Cup champions. So. I think this is going to be a game. I, I I think the Avalanche will come out on top, but I think this is going to be a like a four to three game, um, not decided till a little bit later. All right. Well, yeah. Nice. What do you What do you think, Kyle? I I was literally about to say four three, and this is going to be one of those that it's going to be similar to the game in March. Um, Avalanche are going to come out. New Jersey is going to come back, and this is going to feel like one of those that the Avalanche are going to win in overtime, and a win feels like a loss, and this loss is going to feel like a win for New Jersey. And both teams will handle it accordingly going forward. But I feel like it's going to be one of those dirty, scrappy, ugly games. But the Avalanche will squeak it out in overtime. All right. Goes OT. OT, At least we get a point. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, strappings. I think it's going to be a fun, energetic, entertaining game. So, um, all right. That's going to wrap it up for the first ever Avalanche Devils crossover. Uh, thank you, Trey, for uh, agreeing to do this. And I uh, want you to just throw out your uh, socials one more time before we wrap things up here. You can follow the show's account at Locked On Devils and my personal Twitter page at Trey Matt Four. So T R E Y M A T T and the number four. And for my listeners, how about you guys, Chris and Shaggy, throw out your socials one, one more time? 
uh, uh, for the show, LOPN underscore Avalanche and Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. And then obviously on uh, YouTube, just search Locked on Avalanche. Kyle has his own Twitter page at, at Shaggy Von Doom. There it is. All right, man. You guys have a thousand uh, subscribers on YouTube, right? We're, we're just, we're almost hitting 2,000. We're pretty close. Get me to 1,000, please. I'm at 700. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh. I'm at 711, less than 300 away from Come it. On, and I, I, I'm so close. Like, help me out. All right, Avalanche fans, that's your homework. Follow and subscribe to Locked on Devil's YouTube channel. That's what you got to do. But by the end of the game tomorrow, uh, let's get Trey over the 1,000 uh, mark hump. That'd be great. All right, everybody. Yeah, what's up, Kyle? Go ahead. I said we could do it. We could do it. I believe in those YouTubers. We got it. We got it. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy it. It's going to be a good one. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. For Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils and Shaggy Von Doom and myself of Locked On Avalanche, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the game. We'll see you guys later. Go, Abs, go. Go.